0: Isn't the issue with him that he's, isn't he a Mormon or something, that there is some sort of... No,
1: no, no. He likes more moms. So hello and welcome to our full your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. This week we'll be previewing the NFC South who have added themselves a new quarterback and hopefully this one will work out better than the last one they added. So hey, we've got Connor here, we've got Ronan. Hello. And we've got Sean. Uh, How are we getting on, lads? How's it all down in Cork?
0: One bit of news uh, from here is that after two and a half years, this house, of COVID-free household, we finally have a COVID case in the house. My fiancé, who works as a doctor in a hospital, has finally, after two and a half years, managed to catch COVID. So she's isolating in the bedroom, and I am being her servant. It's a bit crap, but Getting through this doesn't seem to be too bad so far, mostly just fully like symptoms. We'll see how long it goes on for. The big thing is we're running out of uh, cutlery and crockery. I'm going to have, so every time I give, I give, sort of give her plates now, I'm putting, bring stuff up in plastic. We have these Tupperware boxes, so a lot more of those than we have plates.
1: So, uh. there's there's this concept called washing up, right? (laughs) Well, that anything will... <laughs>
0: that I give to her, I, anything that I give to her, she can't give back to me virus suppression reasons.
1: So you need to get a load of paper plates, and she's going to have to have a load of like seven-day-old plates in the room. Until... <laughs> oh God, that doesn't sound like a good environment for getting healthy. It very, very enjoyable. Have it yourself, Ronan. Are, are are you eating off real crockery?
2: Yeah, insofar as you get that in rented accommodation these (laughs) days. Well, yeah, no, things aren't too bad with myself. No signs of COVID yet. We were at a barbecue with with, with Sean there a couple of days ago, so hopefully everything works out okay there. To be honest, like a lot of people probably had COVID and didn't even know it over the years. So I'm kind of assuming I probably picked it up at some point but didn't get the symptoms. So in that case, not really too bothered. Other than that, as I said last time, we're in the middle of the the release schedule for for our next update. So it's testing, testing, testing at work and... You know, still haven't seen that Thor film, but uh, I'm sure I'll make that by the time we get to training camp.
1: Very good, yeah. I was a little bit sick last week, as uh, as I'm sure a few people realised on the pod, uh, but now feeling grand and still managed to be COVID-free so far. But again, like you said, I imagine I must have just had it and been asymptomatic at this point, given... You know, (laughs) just how many people have had it. But yeah, I suppose we'll fly in and have a look at a few bits of news from around the league. So the main story, and we will be talking about this in this week's preview of the NFC South, is Carolina have traded 2024 fifth round pick for quarterback Baker Mayfield from Cleveland. Cleveland were not able to secure really much of anything for him. They're also paying $10.5 million of his cap hit and Carolina are paying $5 million. I think he's kind of agreed to kick $3 million off the total or something along those lines. So he will be playing with them. This is in my head, look, it's, it makes sense for the for the Panthers to pick him up. I actually thought he was going to end up with Seattle, personally. This gives the Panthers a better option in the quarterback room. And I don't care how much people want to do revisionists like Sam Darnold is actually maybe, maybe great. It's like, no, he's not. He's shite. Baker Mayfield has had good seasons, so this is an upgrade for them. They're paying $5 million for him, which is great. They're not in the hook for anything more. And also, geez, he gets to have his opening game against the Browns which would be good and then this obviously then compounds the ridiculousness of the Browns situation given we haven't had any further confirmations on it but we are expecting at least a kind of partial year if not longer suspension for Deshaun Watson so the Browns will then be without Baker Mayfield without Deshaun Watson and Suits them rightly for it. What do we think? Like I, I personally think this is a great pickup for the Panthers, and I can't believe they got him for as cheap as they did, given there's two or three teams that are still kind of in the in, in the market for a quarterback.
0: It's a good deal for the Panthers, I mean, getting a quality starting QB for that kind of price. Um, it's a good deal for Baker getting to play for a team that wants to have him there. And, you know, he might actually be able to establish himself as the, the long term QB there. So, yeah, it's good for them. For the Browns, I mean, to the extent that they are reducing their cap hit, it, it's somewhat of a victory, I guess, once you take out the context of the fact this is a mess that they've entirely made for themselves and they're still having now to pay a guy who's going to play against them in week one and more than half of his uh, salary. So it's just the continuation of this Browns farce, the, the kind of end of it. And I'm I'm glad that Baker got out. The Seahawks would probably have been a better option in terms of, say, quality of wide receivers and the general quality of the coaching and the setup. And it would be a better place to go if you wanted to get winning immediately. With the Panthers, you kind of feel there's a rebuild that they're going to have to do there, and particularly given how injured Christian McCaffrey seems to be and maybe not that reliable. In the long run, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. It's it's good that he got out, and they they sh- they should be an interesting fit for him. And I I do wonder if he's going to stick there for a while, if him and Matt Rule can kind of click and everything starts to, to go right for the Panthers in that end.
2: It's, it's a situation where I don't think there was that much interest from other teams. I know the Seahawks have been associated with Albert Baker, and obviously people in this podcast, like yourself, Connor, have said that they should do it, but for whatever reason, as we'll talk probably next week when we do the NFC. West preview. The Seahawks seem happy to work with Drew Locke and Geno Smith and maybe someone else they might pick up off waivers or whatever like that. But it seemed to genuinely just be down to Carolina. The Seahawks had maybe minor interest if Cleveland basically paid even more of the contract than what they gave here, which is over fifty percent. So a substantial cut is what they were looking for. I think for the Panthers, as we're talking about in the moment, it's definitely a good pickup. For Cleveland, I think Look, sometimes you just snooker yourself and we've talked about it here. There was no way that Baker Mayfield was going to play for this team again, even though they will likely have a need early in the season for a quarterback of the quality of Baker Mayfield. They're going to have to rely on Jacoby Percent instead. That's obviously a major downgrade. But look, sometimes things are so terrible and so screwed up and that whole situation, as we said, is awful that it's best for both parties to, to move on and look week one Carolina versus Cleveland there's an opportunity for Baker to uh, mark his card and get ready for that and he's already said that in his first interview like he's you know not supposed to say it but you know hard not to not to have that ready to go so yeah a bit of spice for week one we'll we'll see how it goes I think the Panthers organization as a whole is probably in a bit of flux given the coaching situation but if Baker can just uh, keep his head down he's definitely the chance to kind of reclaim his career after a uh, disastrous kind of set of circumstances coming out coming
1: out Yeah, and like we'll wait until you're kinda of doing the preview to kinda of talk about the implications for, for Mad and that, but just this is kind of very much feels like a last roll of the dice for him on, on, on the attempt to do it because since he's came in he cut Cam Newton, signed Teddy Bridgewater, traded for Sam Darnold, traded away Teddy Bridgewater, signed Cam Newton back to it, drafted of Corral and now is traded for Baker Mayfield. So it has very much felt like he's just been grabbing out at anything that was available and of that lot this definitely feels like the best chance for them to have a solid starter. Here's, here's hoping it works for them. Private punishment, what are they doing? Probably felonies. Actually, this is almost certainly going to be a felony, right? Yeah, free agent,
2: America, I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, free agent <laughs> offensive tackle Dwayne Brown has been arrested on a gun possession charge that was in his luggage in the LAX airport. Again, I can't believe how many times we have to say this on a podcast about NFL players. We cannot stress this enough. Make sure you have less than 100 milliliters of liquids stored in a separate bag and do not pack your loaded firearm in your fucking car- on. It, it was Jesus an unloaded firearm,
2: Connor. It was an unloaded firearm. That's okay. a big... T- <laughs> no, uh, just a general, are-
1: don't bring your fucking gun, right? Incredibly stupid for a chap who's on the hunt for a job. Now, look, offensive tackles are... All is in demand, and as we see some injuries and stuff, I'm sure we're going to see him land with someone. Hopefully, though, it's somewhere where he can take a bus or a train instead of having to fly to go and see them. Other bits of random news from around the league. It's not been mad crazy. This is kind of the proper off-season period for us. Hinesfield is no more. The Yinzers no longer have the catch-up behind them. It's been bought out by a... The name here has been bought out by, I think, some brokerage firm in the local area. It's now called Acroshore Stadium. God, it's a terrible name. <laughs>
2: They're an insurance brokerage from the local area. Focus on AI driven insights for purchasing your insurance and other products.
1: Oh, so, God.
2: Very, very exciting. Like, I know there's some people, like, even Ben Rothford's come out and say it'll all be, always be Heinz Field. But, like, look, if your stadium's named after a product, then this <laughs> is kind of how it goes, yeah. right? Like, the Seahawks had the clink for a while, and now it's like Lumen Field. And yeah, it's just the nature mm. of the thing. Even,
1: even Arrowhead is now called, it's like Arrowhead. Presented by Giha or something like that. Like basically, someone's like kind of. We'll, call, we'll still call Arrowhead, but we do have to have our company name in there somewhere. Like,
2: yeah, but that's kind of different. Like that's kind of like in GA. There's like Kingspan, Breffney Park, and stuff like that. But like mm. Heinz Field, Heinz. You know, they make ketchup. They're not a you know intrinsically associated with the city of Pittsburgh. That's capitalism, I suppose, baby.
1: If you had to rename your stadium after a product what would it be surely some kind of like pirelli air pressure company would work well for for new england right
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i was trying to think of a joke but you got you got there first to be fair like
2: gillette is a good sponsor for a football stadium yeah yeah no that's cool man lumen field is like i'm gonna get used to it. it's kind of like it's a bit corporate but it's it's fine basically it probably should be the name the microsoft stadium because obviously it's part of paul allen's estate effectively i don't want to give any free sponsorship to any companies to be
1: honest connor <laughs> <laughs> i know you got no companies you like the look of i don't know enjoy actually there was a video of because it's the off season. i think in arrowhead like a monster truck derby on where they had them like doing flips and stuff and <laughs> in what looked like quite seriously doing some damage to the edges of the pitches hopefully, hopefully arrowhead is still there by the time we get around to the start of the new season the raiders have a new team president sandra douglas morgan has been hired first female black NFL president seems to be quite capable. I can't help but feel there's a degree of cynicism with the Raiders doing this given all of the controversy that's flying around them at the moment. But obviously Annette good to have kind of different types of voices in the room and see a bit of diversity and what is essentially just a load of rich old white dudes.
2: I think her background is as an attorney. I think she's been on the Nevada Gaming Control Board, which is infamously one of the most powerful government boards in existence, because obviously it's entirely in control of who gets to be on the strip and Uh, Las Vegas, Mm. um, and has been historically associated with some interesting activities, I'll just say. (laughs) So it's both that you're in, you know, once you're in in Vegas, you know, you get the Vegas insiders and uh, the fact that she's also um, an African-American woman doesn't do any harm either.
1: Final bit of news, so the story broke there a couple of days back that, so essentially Luke, Zach, i bet say Luke Wilson, it's not Luke Wilson, Zach Wilson, the quarterback. Wow. Wow. His ex-girlfriend is now going out with a wide receiver on the Washington Commanders ready to take command now there's a story is broken that I I think basically there was some kind of uh, some ill will there given you know their exes and I think he knows the wide receiver chap and stuff as well so a story came out from her that actually one of the reasons it broke up was that Zach Wilson had gone off and hooked up with one of his mom's best friends now to be honest reading through this story I learned a huge amount that I didn't know before apparently Zach Wilson's mom is an influencer on like one of the social medias I, I didn't know that at all. And she has now since come out and done a half hour video on the dangers of social media and rumours spreading and uh, and things like that and uh, and predators, which is, is, is interesting. But yeah, so there's a lot of, I think the most interesting answer to this was Zach Wilson appears to have himself been out trying to get the story to not be put out and to try and kind of you know, lock it down thinking that it would cause very very bad PR and essentially it has done the exact opposite for him and now everyone in the New York area really likes him and he's coming off the best in this story and has essentially been the the, the basis for about three days worth of memes on all of NFL related online content <laughs> so I don't know if there's much more to the story apart from that but like I,
0: th- I thought isn't the issue with him that he's isn't he a Mormon or something that there is some sort of no
1: no no he likes more moms <laughs> But yes, yes, he, he's a Mormon. <laughs> His family are Mormon anyway.
0: So, yeah, it's obviously, I mean, you know, that would be a bit of a scandal. Well, it isn't, I mean, it isn't, you know. You know? Good for him.
2: Having multiple uh, partners isn't exactly unheard of in the True. Mormon community. It's as just, long
0: as you are married, <laughs> is the thing. <laughs>
2: mm. it, this is not news, but, you know, fair play to Zach Wilson for getting away with it, basically.
1: My personal favorite is that everyone seems to be attaching it to uh, that the, the, the press conference of The Rock from a film a couple of years back where he goes, uh, no comment. But yeah, I totally did it. That is essentially how we will deal with it. The thing is, this is a beautiful moment for Z- for Jets fans because there's some optimism going into the into the year. They should be better than they were last year, and now. When you hear off-season storyline with a Jets quarterback, like I think the last big one was Jets quarterback gets jawbroken broken by teammate because he's a piece of shit. This one is a little bit of a of a more enjoyable off-season storyline to have to deal with. You are a long-suffering Jets fan, I think. Yeah. I suppose on that on that lovely upbeat note, and not the s- several subsequent deaths of uh, famous NFL players, we'll move on to our NFC South preview. <laughs> So first up we have the Panthers. They've obviously, as we mentioned, added quarterback Baker Mayfield and they also drafted Matt Corral. They've added in Ikemi Wonyu, Austin Corbett, Bradley Bozeman, Clyde Mays, Donta Freeman, Rashad Higgins and Andre Robbins on the offensive side and the defensive side. Matt Lyonitis, Xavier Woods, Damian Wilson, Brandon Smith, Corey Littleton and Rashawn Melvin. They've lost to Sam Reddick, Stephon Gilmore, AJ Buey, Daquan Jones, Morgan Fox and Jermaine Carter from the defensive side. And then they've also... Obviously lost uh, Cam Newton, which is, you know, probably not that much of an impact, but there's some legacy there. Amir Abdullah, Alex Erickson, centre-map uh, Paradis, and offensive lineman, uh, John Miller and Trent Scott. So Ronan, now I I will proviso this to everyone that our win predictions were done prior to the trade happening. But do we think Baker will be able to reignite his career here? Do we think he'll be able to turn around these fortunes? Because I'll be honest, we weren't expecting much out of this team.
2: There's kind of two aspects of that. Like one, how will Baker look on this team? And B, if he looks good, how much of uplift can he give, given the context of where the team was? Because I suppose give spoilers. Like we had them around three or four wins, and with the expectation they're going to start Sam Darnold or maybe Matt Corral will come in, the rookie who was drafted late. But obviously, Baker Mayfield is most likely a major upgrade over both of those guys. Baker Mayfield, he's obviously not the perfect quarterback, really a kind of guy who really benefits from doing play action, kind of being a single half of the field reader, kind of being just able to make decisions on the fly. And he's very good in terms of like getting outside the pocket and extending plays and stuff like that. But if if you ask him to deal with a condensed field and with multiple reads and kind of trying to decipher what the defense is doing, especially post snap, he hasn't really shown the ability to be great at that. So what you saw in Cleveland was effectively a quarterback where the offense ran pretty much completely through the run game, particularly last year when the wide receivers were really, you know, Jarvis Landry and OBJ were definitely, they're either past it or they just didn't care or didn't want to be there or a bit of both. The, the offense, like the passing offense wasn't really working and even the year before in 2020, like the passing offense was still not the star of the show. So, that's a that's a bit of a problem. We haven't seen Baker Mayfield be the star of the show, and like they did bring in a new offensive coordinator and it's it's Ben McAdoo, so hardly uh, the most inspirational choice and Matt Rule hasn't really shown... Watch out for the
1: Mac attack.
2: Matt Rule has come in and not really lived up the expectations as a coach of the Carolina Panthers. So he's definitely on the hot seat, McAdoo and his coaching staff. So if this turns into a, you know, unsuccessful year, then they're likely out of there, regardless of how Baker looks. But for Baker, personally speaking, Obviously, his expectation should hopefully kind of have like maybe two to one TD to interception ratio and hopefully get over 4,000 yards and then. He can see where things are with the Carolina team, or forward. So I think he will definitely improve things with them. But of course, Carolina will have the same problem they've had for the last couple of years, which is I think the the strength of their offense will pretty much run entirely true whether they can keep Christian McCaffrey healthy or not. Like some people claim that the injuries that Christian McCaffrey have got are just those kind of bad luck injuries, but you know enough bad luck starts building up over the years, and you gotta go is it bad luck or is it the fact that you're playing this guy thirty touches a game or whatever? Just like is that just probabilistically what's going to happen if you're going to overuse him? like that but when you look at this offense you gotta go well if they don't do that it should the offense just simply won't work we've seen that multiple times over the last few years that when cmc goes out it just looks completely worse it's not like they did they lack other weapons like they have dj moore he's a very solid wide receiver uh, they have other receivers like robbie anderson and Terrence marshall now given, given robbie anderson's
1: like public statements on the acquisition of, of their new quarterback do we think he's going to get thrown at very often <laughs>
2: Robbie Anderson's always been an idiot. Like, let's be honest, he's also had his own legal issues in the past, so he's obviously not one of those guys that you want to build a locker room around. But as a, you know, he's shown enough that if he's put in the right position, yeah, yards, I've, 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 I've always, thought he's a, play. I
1: always thought he's a decent wr too. Like, but yeah. he's, if and, he's he is a moron.
2: <laughs> and they have a second-year player, Terrence Marshall, who people were quite high on last year. He should be good in the red zone. And they brought in Rashard Higgins in free agency, who is a solid contributor for the Cleveland team. Another connection there, I suppose. And then Tommy Tremble. Some people think he might be a breakout player at tight end for them this year in terms of the receiving game. They're all fine, but obviously CMC versus non-CMC is the huge difference. Alongside the offensive line, which over the last few years has been one of the worst in the league, just has been absolutely terrible. But they obviously invested a lot of money uh, and, and they invested their first round pick to try and improve that. Drafted Ike McQuannu at the top of the first round. The hope is that he will become an elite tackle for them. But there's an expectation that even if he doesn't, he should play well at guard. But early signs from OTAs and similar haven't been amazing. Like Evan Neal in the Giants, for example, got a lot of hype. But Ike McQuannu wasn't really getting that. And there's already reports that he might be moved inside for the start of the season. And him being unhappy about that. Because obviously, you get paid more tackle. Really early stage at this point. Like, remember, Jamar Chase was dropping balls in training camp last year and then he had the best rookie year of all time. Other than that, Austin Corbett's a solid pickup from the Rams. I think he should be, he's not an amazing guard, but he's certainly above average. And Bradley Bozeman, I think, is also another similar pickup at centre. So I think the interior of that line should be better, which should create more lanes for Christian McCaffrey and perhaps someone like Dante Foreman, who has picked up a free agency to be solid. He looked like, pretty solid in relief of Derrick Henry last year, for
1: example. It feels that given that they've got such a reliance on it, like, look, they got fair, they got okay coverage from Chubb Hubbard and all that last year. Like, it feels like a team that should have invested more in a second running back at this point, right?
2: Well I think they're investing so much money in Christian McCaffrey at the moment that it's hard to justify that, especially because if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, you're barely going to use the guy. Yeah, maybe there's an expectation that they should at least be drafting guys because we've seen younger players come in and make an instant impact when like the starter has gone down. The fact they're picking up someone like Dante Foreman who Obviously, could have that because he'd look good in relief of Derrick Henry. Like, I think Orby two is not generally a priority for teams when they have a
1: guy mm-hmm. like CMC,
2: no, a unique skill set that no one else has. Like, oh yeah, know? but it's
1: also it's also a thing. Of like, I imagine like you know he's got, he's been injured for chunks of the last at least two, if not three seasons. Surely they're probably better off finding rather than giving him a second contract for more money. Maybe they need to be looking at bringing in a replacement for him if they're not going to re up. They
2: they will probably do that going forward. But I think obviously for a, a coaching staff and potentially a GM as well who want to keep their jobs, then there's no point in really getting something for the future, I suppose. I think the offensive line, Brady Christensen, Pat line Taylor Moten, they'll probably fill in the gaps that aren't filled by the new guys. But we'll we'll see. I think the offensive line should be better. But I think it needs to be a lot better, in particular, if you want Baker Mayfield to succeed. Obviously, he had a great offensive line in Cleveland. And then that obviously meant that the running game went well. And that meant the play action went well. And he looked really good when the thing was working. But if that starts breaking down and they have poor offensive line play again, then it could become an issue. The defense, I'm actually, I'm I'm pretty, I think the defense is an interesting, very interesting young defense. They have a lot of young players who have already shown a lot but have potential to be like breakout stars even more than they already have been like Brian Burns at defensive end, I think it's a really good player. They have Jeremy Chin at safety. He's been really good for them. Shaq Thompson started last year really, really well, like at a pro all-pro level, but then maybe dropped off a little bit towards that. JC Horn they picked in the first round last year. He looked really good, and we'll see if he can build in year two on that. And I think it's a defense that, like I look at top to the bottom, and I go, this is actually really good. And they pick up Matt and Adidas to hopefully be a, a good complementary defensive tackle to Derek Brown, who obviously was also picked right high, and I think did have that leap last year where he was starting to fulfill that potential that he had when he was picked. So high in the draft, and you know maybe you see a guy like Davon Nixon or Marcus Haynes kind of be in that rotation as well. So I just I look at this defense, lots of young players, lots of potential there, and I think Phil Snow hasn't been the problem there. The defense I think is generally. As it's up and downs, but there's been enough moments where they've looked really good and they've looked really impressive that I think there's potential for them to take another step up as these young players start to move into their prime. It was kind of weird last year. The defence really started really, really strongly and then just kind of dropped off. And you just have to wonder how much of that was the defence being bad or getting worse and how much of that was just that the offence was putting them in such awful positions week after week that eventually just got wore down by that and like the whole morale of the team kind of fell off a cliff but I think the defense could potentially be really good and if they are to get towards the playoffs which I I still think it's unlikely even with Baker Mayfield at quarterback the defense stepping up and taking that next step could be the secret for that the big reason why we're probably all quite low on them even with Baker Mayfield is just the Matt Rule situation it's just so rare for a a coach to kind of go two or three years in the in in the seat and kind of just fail disappoint every year even I know his excuse to see him see the injury and stuff like that and then turn it around when the pressure is put up to its maximum like we saw Cincinnati last year that that worked out but that's very much the exception to be honest we've all kind of said that that's mostly uh, because Joe Burrow is like Joe Burrow not because the head coach turned into a great head coach all of a sudden if I'm low on this team, it's mainly because I don't believe in Matt Rule. I think we've seen enough of him to believe that he's, you know, he came from the college level and hasn't been able to make that step up. Like he's not obviously Urban Meyer bad, but he hasn't shown that he's an NFL level head coach. And it feels like a guy who will be kicked out at the end of the year, be replaced with an NFL experienced coach. Baker Mayfield may or may not be with the team after that. So I think Baker Mayfield has a lot to gain from playing well this year. I don't know how much this team has to gain in terms of actually being relevant in the NFC playoff hunt. Like nine wins kind of feels like they're ceiling to me personally anyway.
1: Yeah, like my only proviso is I'd probably stick an extra two wins or so on there. I'd have them kind of in the six, seven win territory, I think. And I think that's about the height of it unless things start to fire incredibly well. I think it's more of a question of can Baker make himself look good and attractive to other teams or to whoever's going to be in charge of this team afterwards this year. And I think there are enough pieces for him to look decently here, particularly if the run game stays good.
0: Maybe differ a little bit from Ronan in terms of the Matt Rule thing. I do think the jury is genuinely still out on this guy because the offensive problems, The I mean, you could talk about excuses or whatever, but this is the guy who's had to have Teddy Bridgewater at QB, Sam Darnold at QB, the, the second coming of Cam. I mean, this is the first time he can genuinely say that he's probably got a starting caliber NFL quarterback to work off. And then you've got to think about the The injuries to to McCaffrey, which is such a huge part of what they do. So I think this is an interesting season for that in terms of, I think we begin to get a sense, a final sense maybe, or or either a final nail in the coffin or a last reprieve of the Matt Rule era. There there are people within the NFL circles who Talk him up, especially you notice the commentators have a lot of time for him as a on the on the thinking side of the game. So maybe there is something there, but you're right. I think they do start to get got to improve what's going on. You shouldn't really build an offense around Baker because he doesn't quite have those reliability issues. But without if McCaffrey doesn't, this was the Panthers' problem before. Was that when McCaffrey is injured, they they are reliant on their QB, and that's when you realize that your quarterback is Teddy or or Sam Darnold and suddenly you're not you're not quite the team that you want to be. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can he can take those the game on his shoulders can Baker. I think it's interesting to be a little bit less pressure the Browns thing because they were the hype team and you know they they were the the next big thing. I think there was probably a little bit of pressure there that maybe got to him a little bit. Here will be a little bit less pressure. They won't be expected to make the playoffs first season out. They won't be expected to win 11 games maybe a little bit more room for mistakes which which when it comes to Baker probably means less pressure which probably will mean in the long run fewer mistakes
1: obviously then there is the pressure of he's got the, I say the pressure he's got the rookie behind him in Matt Corral but I don't think anyone barring anything going very poorly I would imagine we wouldn't see him until very late in the year anyway we'll move on then to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so Sean I'll come to you on these guys they've added Shaq Mason Luke Godeki and uh, Fred Johnson as well as Russell Gage Rashad White Kate Oton Logan Hall Akeem Hicks Keanu Neal Logan Ron and Zion McCollum, obviously... Bruce Arians was frayed out by Tom Brady as we discussed earlier so he's, he, he's, he's he's gone he's sitting at the bottom of a fucking lake somewhere now they've also lost Garrett Alex Kappa Ali Marpet Gronkowski but as we discussed I think two weeks ago yeah like Gronko come back at the tail end if they're making a run OJ Howard and Ronald Jones so they are kind of down on tight end position and on the defense side Jordan Ed, Justin Pierre-Paul Sue Kevin Minter and Richard Sherman are all gone you kind of forget just how many of the old guys were on this this team as well look Todd Bowles has been brought up to scratch he's now taken over presumably because he's more in line with what Tom Brady wants to see out of his coaching Tom Brady's back a year older but to be honest time seems to be irrelevant to him so Sean what do you think is, is Todd Bowles even really coaching this team or is this just do what Tom wants you to do for this year because this is probably his last year
0: Brady making such a, a political move like this is I mean it, it's a It's a real indictment. Obviously, he had very little time for Aryans and he was basically conjured his entire retirement thing or the, the theory is he conjured his entire retirement thing to force Arians out to pose that question for the for the Bucks higher up and make them make that decision. So obviously he had very little time for him. I mean I have a lot of time for top bowls as, as a defensive mind. We saw in that run to the Super Bowl that they did two years ago that a lot of that was him coming up with very creative defenses against uh, elite teams in the playoff and then working out. Now obviously those are times when it, it doesn't work out but, but it's interesting in terms of that. And I think it's going to be an interesting balance there. Obviously, I think Brady, I guess the situation is that Bowles basically is going to run the defense and Brady will effectively run the offense at this point, you know, have the control that he's always wanted. Obviously, Byron Leftwich is still there and he seems to get along well enough with him. So interesting to see how that kind of dynamic plays itself out. In terms of the team, it's an odd one because they're kind of caught halfway now between the Super Bowl winning team and an attempt to build something newer, and younger, they they kind of tried to run it back last year, and they, they came up just short um, against the Rams in the playoffs. And now you're starting to see the pieces beginning to go away. Obviously, Gronk re- retiring question mark could he come back for the playoffs or not? At the very least, he's going to be missing for a while. People like like Marpet are gone, and I- and Sue. Uh, names like Ronald Jones, for example, who've been around for a long time as well. So this is a team that's beginning to move away from the Super Bowl model towards something else. You've got a little bit of addition, some rookies on the defensive end. You've got additions like Russell Gage, who's, you know, not an elite wide receiver, but will be able to contribute. People like Shaq Mason coming in. So there are, there's something to change happening here, and it's going to be interesting to see if the Bucs can strike Lightning twice, because there was a certain element that Bucs Super Bowl win kind of, it all just came together for them. They had, they had the QB to finally lead them. The, the defense stepped up in a big way in, in big games in, in that, in that playoff run, and everything just kind of clicked for for the for those kind of six or seven weeks when the books were unbeatable that just happened to be the last six or seven weeks of the season. Last season, they looked quite good, comfortably the best team in their division, but ultimately in the in the playoffs maybe didn't uh, light it up as much as they should have done. So the questions are, have they added pieces that would allow them to compete with teams like the Rams or the 49ers and the such like? And it, it's hard to see what that addition is. Is the removal of Bruce Arians, should that be seen as a positive in terms of, of building things going forward I, I'm not entirely sure so it's these it kind of situations where they have a sort of a winning formula but they don't quite know how to move from that winning formula that perhaps no longer works because of age and, and people leaving into something else and with Brady obviously you know controlling um, how things go there's not going to be that much change either so it's going to be an interesting season in terms of the books maybe not progressing any further and we might be beginning to see the beginning of the regression uh, not necessarily for Brady himself, obviously, because that man's going to play uh, NFL for for the rest of time. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things adjust. Will how will, for example, the loss of Gronk, at least for the regular season, change things in terms of how that offense works? I imagine we might see Gronk back in the playoffs if if they need him. But certainly, he's not the impact player that he used to be um, either. So they're a year older. Perhaps a year wiser, but not necessarily a year more advanced in competing with the top end of the NFC. So I expect them to be somewhere around where they were last season, but not necessarily any better than that. So I have them 13 and 4, which would be good enough for the second seed, but I have them going out the divisional round. That's when I kind of feel the divisional round, they haven't given me a reason to believe they can get past that round. It's
2: going to be tough at the beginning of the year. Obviously, they're bringing in a fair number of new people. Big thing on the offense is that Chris Godwin's expected to miss the first part of the season. So there's I hope that Russell Gage will step up or you might see a bit more of Tyler Johnson who has kind of been okay for them so far. So I think, you know, when we've seen Mike Evans and Chris Godwin play together, the offense has always taken that step up and looked at its best. So expect it might be a little bit of a slow start, but in a weak division and a weak conference overall, I would say, you know, I, I don't think that will be, you know, terminal for them by by any stretch of the imagination. I think at the tight end position, like they, they've they drafted the rookie, Cade and we'll see if he can make an impact or whether kind of the old reliable Cam Break will just get a few more snaps. But I think obviously they'll probably be relying more on the wide receivers to step up. Particularly Mike Evans, he's going to be really important early in the season. I imagine he'll pick up a lot of yards, particularly and a lot of touchdowns in the red zone as well. So in the offense, I think it might be a little bit of a step back. I think the offensive line changes will take a little bit of time to to bet in whether that's especially luke gutticky at, 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 at the rookie at guard or maybe aaron stinney another guy who's played for a while and then shaq nace i think should be a like for like replacement obviously come from new england should be familiar with tom brady Well, he should be a decent fit and he was obviously got at a pretty good price so i think outside of the left guard position i'm not too concerned but it's definitely a little bit of step back from guys like kappa and marpet who obviously have played at a, a pro bowl type level the defence I'm actually more optimistic on because I think guys like JPP and Sue have kind of been filling the gaps there for a while and I think weren't really... I think that the age was definitely showing, particularly for JPP. He has not really... He was really unproductive last year, just looked busted at the moment. So I think getting to see more of the the guy they drafted in the first round last year, Joe Tryon, should be better for this defence in the long run. And I think towards the end of this year as well um I think he look he showed flashes last year of being a guy who could make an impression and with Shaq Barrett on the other side he should get plenty of opportunities one-on-one with, with tackles the defensive tackle position like they bring in Akeem Hicks I think that's a solid pickup they draft Logan Hall fairly high in the draft so I think getting younger there over Sue also makes sense for me Hicks is a guy who feels like Sue when they first signed him a guy who is a couple of years off of being at its best but had that potential has those years of being a all pro pro bowl type player obviously put in the best position potentially to uh, get his career back on track here with the books and a guy like logan ryan coming in to potentially replace jordan whitehead or maybe mike edwards steps up i think that's a fairly i don't think that's too much of a step down i think like whitehead's a good player but not a a great player there and the guys who are the the stars of the show on the defense uh, guys like devin white levante david as i mentioned Shaq barrett and the defensive backs like who have really lived up and Todd Bowles has really got those up up to like a really high level considering where they were like you know when he came in three or four years ago at this point. Overall, I think the defense is getting younger and I think it'll get better and the whole running back thing They've, they've moved a little bit faster in the defense I think that makes a lot more sense for me so I'm interested to see how good this defense can be we know top bowls can put together a really exciting fun defense with a lot of big plays and sacks and turnovers and if obviously if the defense is humming then the, the, the pressure on the offense particularly early in the season to be at its highest level will be a little bit lower but I think you could see the offense be a little bit slow but by the time you get to the playoffs the guys like Godwin are healthy and obviously if Gronk comes back you could easily see those guys fill in and guys like Gage and Johnson who've got a lot more reps suddenly the offense could reach that level again but that's a lot of ifs like per se i think it's going to be a good team and are held by the the weakness of the rest of the division i I think i agree mostly with sean that the divisional round feels about right for me i've been going 12 and 5 which is actually good enough for
1: the number one seed but
2: going on the divisional round anyway with tom brady you, you can never count them out
1: I think Bowles hits ground running on the defensive side and keeps that going. I think basically Brady just runs the offense the way he wants it. And we have kind of a big final season out of them where everything looks great. And then as soon as Brady's gone next year, they actually aren't that completed team and it falls back quite a bit. I have them going 14-3. and It's good enough for the second seed. And I have them going to the Super Bowl and losing, which I think would be a fun final cherry on top of Tom Brady. Yeah, no, it should be. He'd
0: he'd never leave if he lost the Super Bowl, Connor. He'd definitely (laughs) try to find a way to, to run it back one more time.
1: I don't know. I don't. Know. Well, maybe I should let him win the Super Bowl then just to get rid of him. But no, I think I think I think I think. think we tried I, everything. I think this. Is the, well, this is the thing because because he won the last was there. So when he's sitting there, he used to lose and he used to be like, okay, maybe maybe I need to step off again. Okay, next up we have the Saints. So they've added Trevor Penning, tackle Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver Andy Dalton. Oof, oh, the difference maker. J. P. Holtz as well on the defensive side. Tyrion Matthew, Marcus May, Olente Taylor, Daniel. Dirty Dan is there as well. Jesus, they just they just t- taken our secondary from last year. Eric Wilson, DeMarco Johnson, Taco Charlton Taco's there as well, feckin' hell. Contavia Street and Jahil Johnson. They've lost Sean Payton, although indefinitely, question mark who knows, he might come back in a year or two's time but uh, yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. They've lost Teron Armstead, Ty Montgomery Garrett Griffin, Trevor Simeon, Kenny Stills, Marcus Williams Malcolm Jenkins, Jeff Heath, Jalen Holmes and Quan Alexander. So the big question around this team is obviously Sean Payton is leaving, he's been the identity of the team apart from that Year when he was out for the Bounty Gate stuff and he decided to make a film with Kevin James about it, they were all right that year. But yeah, the big question is, can this team hold itself together without Sean Payton, without Drew Brees, without everything that kind of was what made it, well, made it the Saints of the last kind of 10 years or whatever? It's 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 an interesting question. So Dennis Allen has come on as head coach. He's a bit more of the defensive side of the ball. Like they've got the, the offensive coordinator Carmichael, who's been there for I think about fifteen or fifteen years or so. So I think there probably is going to be a degree of do you know what, he probably can run Sean Payton's system. Maybe he doesn't do as much adaptation mid season during it. But this is this is a team that doesn't have a that doesn't have an inexperienced group of people to try and step into the shoes that Sean Payton's leaving behind him. What they Are having as an issue is let's have a little look at like their offensive pieces. Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton are not an exciting combination. Or sorry, I, I suppose realistically we'll throw Taysom Hill into that mix as well. But that is not. No, he he's
2: a tight end. Uh, they said he's a tight end. Yeah, Man but
1: that's gone. But that was he's... but that was that was only for the classification for that ridiculous fucking contract they gave him. They'll still let him into the room occasionally. This is not a winning quarterback room. I think you can have some fun with James Winston there if he's a little bit better and dialed into the system a little bit more. Andy Dalton, he's past it. Like there's not there's Not even a point of having him as a steady set of hands backup kind of guy, and I've never heard anything about him being particularly insightful in the quarterback room, so I'm not sure what he's really giving them. Like I really don't know what the point of them having Al- Andy Dalton is there. Now, they do have some very good school players. Alvin Kamara is still excellent. Michael Thomas is excellent. Chris Olave is highly, highly touted. Jarvis Landry I like as a touch, as, as a bring-in. Mark Ingram is a good kind of addition to that backfield as well. And then they have Callaway, a couple of people like that kind of knocking around. Their tight end position is uh, so-so. Like, it's a little bit of, hopefully one of these things will catch on. They do have some injury concerns and some and some suspension concerns, right? Because mm. Kamara is out for six games, am I right in saying? It's not
2: confirmed yet, but there's an expectation.
1: And then obviously, look, Michael Thomas has not been healthy properly for about two years now, but hopefully he should be all up to scratch now. But like, on paper... This is, a, this is a fun collection of pieces if they can get something going. James Winston does have an arm, although I must say I was looking at some of his training video stuff that he's been putting out, and they don't look great, to be honest. They don't look amazing. And look, it's a, it's, it's a fairly solid offensive line they have there in front of him, obviously with the, uh, the rookie coming in at tackle, so we'll see how that settles in. The strength, I think, for this team is going to sit on the defense. They have a lot of talent in there. They're quietly quite a talented defense. They do have a few places that have name talent that I'd worry are possibly past it a little bit so it's good good foot for you know Camp Jordan Marcus Davenport they're kind of interesting kind of linebacker section they've taken they're taking a few flyers on like guys who haven't worked out fully in other places like Tano Kipisano and stuff like that their back end Tyrion Matthew is a very smart player but Tyrion Matthew was a step slower than he has been last year already so I'm not sure if he's there Marcus May is a nice addition there as well this is a group that like you know that has good pieces there that could be, and if Dallas Allen can get his shit together on this, could be quite a tasty little defense. And honestly, given their their schedule, given the the, the, the conference they play in, to be honest, like if they could just get bang average performances out of their offense. That defense might be strong enough to start running them to a couple more wins that they have. Like never underestimate that, you know, Sean Payton is an offensive coach really when you think about it. And this is a defense that has constantly caused problems for the for, for Tom Brady at this time, particularly with his time with the Buccaneers, that always overperform what it looks to be and they seem to have more parts to be summed this time around than I can remember at other times. And I imagine that they will be able to milk out the last of the good out of the likes of Matthew May, Landry and all that kind of stuff. That like they're going to be able to 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 get performances out of those those older players. But that is that is the risk to this. It's that they don't have a strong leader on the offensive side a quarterback and a lot of the voices that they have to fill in are older, which is great for locker room and great for inspiration. But if the guy who's trying to motivate you is half a second slower than you in every single bit of warm-up action you're doing, you're going to not have a huge amount of faith in your unit to be able to perform. And I think that's where they're going to have to manage It's like they can scheme around some of the shortcomings of the older players and that's what they need to focus on. Now, I I have them doing pretty well this year, to be honest. I think that this is going to work. I don't think it's going to blow our minds. I have them winning ten games, and I think that's good enough to get in as the seven seed. I need to check my numbers again get on that, but I've got them winning ten games, which I think I'm the most bullish on them. I think we can arrange down then to nine from you, Ronan, and seven from you, Sean. And I, to be honest, I could see it entirely. I could see this being a Jameis Winston shits the bed, and you know they've traded for someone else by week eight or something like that, but. Yeah, like if, if if things go, they can keep a relatively solid one. Like your your, your problem is if you're missing if you're missing Kamara for the first six games, what happens in those six games, and whether or not that'll that that will cause them any, uh, you know, are they in too big a hole to dig their way back out of it at that point?
0: I'm agreeing with you. The defense seems fine. I, I think they've got all the pieces in place. They, you know, we've seen how good this defense has been, both in kind of big games you know famously shutting Tom Brady down last season they've definitely stepped up when needed. the problem with this team is the offense and it is so hard to see how this offense is going to work properly I mean it starts at the QB level where I mean let's just leave aside Andy Dalton who is who's, who's you know I don't know why this guy still has a, a career given in this game given how he was mediocre at his best and now he's well past it James Winston only works when he's got the strongest shackles in the world around him, where he's literally not allowed to make any decisions on the field of play, which is so, which is what someone like Peyton was willing to do, but you wonder how much that would work in a scenario without someone like a personality like Peyton to, to keep Jameis under wraps. So you do wonder how that's going to work then. There there are pieces, obviously the wide receivers are, you know, look quite talented. Chris Olav, there's a lot of talk about him in terms of his quality. Alvin Kamara obviously once he gets back from his um his suspension is quite good. The addition of Jarvis Landry, it looks quite good, but without a quality wide receiver you struggle to see how that's going to work. And the problem is as we saw last season, it doesn't really matter how good the Saints defense is if their offense doesn't fire they don't tend to win that many games because they tend to, to lose games against crappy teams. They might be able to beat the Bucks, but they're ultimately going to get ultimately going to, to lose against worse teams. So that's why I'm a little bit off on these guys. I think we're now two years past the, the Breeze Payton moment and this team really hasn't moved on to what it is yet. It, it's still in that very much post-breeze era of we don't know what team we are. And to lose Peyton, I think, if, at least on a psychological level, is going to be a huge, this is a new era for this team. We've got to got, got to find ourselves again. And they're going to take a while to do that. And while I think they are talented, especially on the defensive end, um, I think they're going to struggle a little bit to find that identity and find a way to win games, at least to start of the season, which is why I have them at seven seven wins uh, and missing out on the playoffs uh, as a result.
2: The floor on the team is pretty safe. I can't really see this team collapsing in on itself unless Dennis Allen truly was just a terrible coach when he was with the Raiders and he'll infect them all with that and Sean Payton was just keeping this whole thing afloat by himself but looking at the roster like the offensive line is good the defensive line is good they've got good uh, defensive backs obviously they're relying on older guys like Thierry and Mathieu but I think you know uh, they shouldn't be a disaster back there obviously I think the, the floor is safe enough but Obviously, if you're playing Jameis Winston, then I don't know how high the ceiling is. Like maybe you know we saw last year where he was very conservative. That's what they continue to do, just to kind of keep him you know from screwing up. Um, but maybe he takes that next step and you know starts to bring back in some of the more explosive plays. But hopefully without the uh, turnovers that obviously uh, riddled his time with the Bucks. Uh, I think obviously losing Kamara for the first part of the season is going to be problematic. We'll see how good Michael Thomas is. Um, And how much, like both in terms of coming back from the injury and being off for two years, but also how he looks without having Drew Brees there is kind of just feeding him with those kind of big slot type routes that that Brees obviously thrived on. But I don't know if Jameis Winston is the same kind of quarterback for that kind of stuff. And Jarvis Landry is kind of similar, to be honest. I'm not sure how much he suits Jameis Winston. The Winston we saw last year just wasn't the Jameis Winston we kind of expected uh, prior to that, so... It'll be interesting. I think it's a team that could start slow, but will kind of come into being solid. But I think Sean's completely right here. I think like it's a team that's similar to that kind of swoon that they had in the middle of uh, Sean Payton's time before they drafted guys like Alvin Kamara and Marcus Davenport, and they kind of juiced their team and kind of went to all of those playoffs. It feels like a team that's on the downslope that could be a few years from doing a much more fundamental overhaul. But as long as they kind of keep going to like the I have them at nine wins, like ten wins, seven wins. That's where we all are. You know, they're not going to be getting those kind of. Easy ways to completely change their their team or to kind of justify going for a full rebuild. So this could be a team that could enter the kind of, uh, unfortunately, the kind of Dalton zone where you know they're good enough to kind of stay relevant but not good enough to be dominant or get get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, And until they make a decision about whether they need to rebuild or to just kind of keep going at it, could be back to those kind of, not
1: bad days, but just boring days. It's uh, funny just as I'm thinking about it, like just how overall how grim most of the quarterback rooms in the nfc south are because this is this not like these you've got the books are great but that's one person they don't have anyone else behind it there's no there's no line of succession and you've got like a one-year rental of baker and an unproven rookie who fell in the draft then you've got you know the saints we just discussed there's very little to, to, to look at there and then somehow there's further to fall we're going to move on and have a little look at the falcons here i'll have ronan chat through them but like I, I nearly got sick in my mouth and look their quarterback room is Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter after failing to bid enough money to get Sean <laughs> Watson like that's disgusting it's absolutely <laughs> disgusting on the offensive added Drake London Brian Edwards Auden Tate Demir Bird Anthony Ferkser Jermaine Effedi Elijah Wilson Debian Williams and Tyler Allegri you're going to see as well this is this is a roster that is trying to turn over as much as possible because there's very little on it on the defensive fight they've added Casey Hayward Michael Ford Dean Marlowe Arnold Leca Akibe Lorenzo Carter Vincent Taylor Rashawn Evans Troy Anderson Nick Wadakowski, D'Angelo Malone They lost Matt Ryan in the trade as well as AJ McCarron and Josh Rosen So also it wasn't the world's best fucking QB room before anyway. They also lost Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley to suspension, Tajay Star, Peyton Hurst, Mike Davis, Matt Gono, and on the even side, Dante Fowler, Foyce de Koolin, Brandon Copeland, Geron Harmon, Kendall Sheffield, Fabian Moreau, Tyler Davidson, Justin Bouillard, and Stephen Means. Jesus Christ, so much turnover, Ronan. This is a roster that had very few bright spots on it, has added a couple of names, as got I suppose technically a quarterback room is there anything possible for this Falcons team this year obviously there's always
2: a chance but like when you look at the roster end to end it just does not look like a roster that is a going to be good and certainly not a roster that I'm particularly incentivized to want to watch on red zone or on on repeat afterwards I'm certainly not going to be watching them live if I can avoid it it kind of we we asked last year why they were keeping Matt Ryan why they weren't going for a full rebuild and you come out next year and you trade Matt Ryan for a third round pick and it just makes that question all the more relevant. It, you know, history has so far proven us right to just believe that they should have blown that team up that had that huge Super Bowl hangover from obviously the 28-3 to 3 and they're kind of riding that for multiple years and they should have just gone all hog last year but instead they're kind of Similar to like a team like the Texans, they're just kind of like, it still feels like they're just you know spinning their wheels, kind of getting solid players in, but not really changing the nature of their roster. Obviously, the big question is a quarterback. I think Desmond Ritter. Early reports from OTAs and rookie minicamps was that he looked good. I think Arthur Smith, the head coach, said that he's light years ahead of where most rookie QBs are at. And I think if he looks solid, he's going to have every chance in the world to win the starting QB job in training camp. I think like. People are saying Marcus Mariota will be a starter, but like we've seen enough of Marcus Mariota. He's a very conservative boring quarterback at this stage in his career he used to be a dynamic playmaker especially outside the outside the pocket but I haven't seen that in multiple years And I don't nothing that I've seen with the time in the Raiders before that really makes me tell that he's he's anything more than just a slightly more mobile Andy Dalton so if Desmond Ritter shows anything in training camp and builds on what he's done so far then I think he could very likely be the starter and even if he's not the starter in week one he's going to be the starter by week uh, 18 there's just no other way around it in my opinion. Unfortunately, the offense that he's going to be ported into just isn't a very exciting offense uh, completely like the you know obviously they had the fun experiment of Cordell Patterson kind of being a fun thing last year there wasn't much to be fun about last year but at least he was interesting. We'll see if he can replicate that. He fell off towards the end of the year. Maybe teams figured out that that he could be. You know what was required to get him, take him out of the game. And really, when when you have so few other weapons to worry about, then that could very much happen. Like really, only Kyle Pitts stands out as potentially a breakout star for them this year. Um, from anything that they're inheriting from last year. Obviously drafted high last year. Obviously looks like an incredible dynamic playmaker. Had some games where he looked unbeatable. But if he's getting double bracketed every play, I don't know how effective he'd be. We saw that he couldn't. He wasn't so that he could just beat those like someone like Gronk back in the day who just was open all the time. So a lot of pressure therefore on their first ramp pick this year Drake London to step in straight away as a wide receiver one with obviously Calvin Ridley getting suspended for the entire year due to gambling. So that kind of puts them in a bit of a hole there and outside that literally it's guys like Olamini Zaccheaus Brian Edwards Auden Tate these are not names that you want to see as your wide receiver two, barely your wide receiver three, let's be perfectly frank. And these are guys who have flattered to deceived in their previous spots, or in the case of Zacchaeus' fault, You know, besides being a reference to the tax collector guy from the Bible, I don't know. I have nothing else that I can remember about him, to be honest. So you might see a lot of two tight end sets, Like Anthony Fursker was brought in for the Titans, who obviously Arthur Smith has experience with. So you could see a lot of running the ball, uh, trying to get maybe a guy like Patterson or Damian Williams or the rookie uh, Tyler Alliager. Some people are kind of high in him. Maybe he'll be a a breakout star in fantasy. But like they don't have an offensive line that really puts the fear into teams like Jake Matthews is solid. Jalen Mayfield has been a bit disappointing. Hennessy and Lindstrom. These are guys who... They're all like... They're not terrible, but they're not guys who dominate. And they've kind of been around for a while and they kind of know what their ceiling is. um, To a large extent, all of these guys. And the ceiling just isn't, you know, all pro, pro, bowl. Like, all pro level. These are just guys. And Jermaine Fetty be brought in at right tackle. Like... He's, a, he's generally been a bit of a flag machine. He's okay outside that, but a lot of flags in his history. And maybe a guy like the drafted previously high, like Caleb McGarry, maybe can beat him out in camp. But overall, it's just not an offensive line that I see being good enough to carry an offense, which is just so poor at the wide receiver position and at really at the running back position and potentially at the quarterback position. It's just an offense that... You know, just makes me sigh, to be honest. And the defence, it just it's depressing overall. Like, Grady Jarrett is still there. That's nice. So you're looking for a single other guy who's guaranteed to be a star. And you you really can't find them. There's a lot of throw-off guys like Rashawn Evans and and, and Casey Hayward in there. I don't think they'll be terrible, but they're not going to change the the game, as it were. Like, AJ Terrell, a cornerback, maybe a guy who could make another step up. He looked better last year, but still didn't look like a pro Bowl all-pro kind of guy. We'll see what he can do, but... It's just a defense that's very much in flux, and like, we'll see if a guy like Deion Jones is even playing for them. But like, you know, this is a way, long way away from the, uh, the Dan Campbell defenses that obviously helped them get to the, uh, Super Bowl a few years ago. Like, Dean Pease, I think, is a, was a good pickup from the defensive quarter last year, but he's not working with much here, and I just don't see how these pieces come together to be anything better at most. At being the most optimistic, at like being an average defense. So, you got a uninspiring offense, you have a bad defense, and no matter, how What way you cut it is just a team that seems destined to be bad, basically. And Arthur Smith, look, he must be very confident in his job to have done what he did last year because he's obviously in his second year. But if this is another disastrous year, you know, the pressure will be on him next year. And I, yeah, I just, this team is so far away from irrelevant that even my usual optimism, well, we'll see, maybe they'll be interesting next year. I don't see what the interesting thing will be about them next year, to be perfectly frank, unless Ritter is genuinely a superstar. And like what we saw at the college level was a guy who was. You know, good leader, good solid thrower, good solid athleticism, but not a superstar level guy. So unless he's a superstar and he's been hiding in Cincinnati, this team isn't going anywhere this year. And I don't really see where it's going for the foreseeable future, to be honest. I have them going 2-15. I think Conor, you have them 2-15 as well. Sean, 3-14, basically. Either the worst team in the NFC or the second worst team in the NFC. And yeah, I don't know how much you guys have to say about them
0: besides that, to be honest. No. They were terrible last year, and now they're worse.
1: I'm, I'm interested to see Drake London. Problem is, I don't really know enough about Desmond Ritter, and I'm sure as shit. Though that Marcus Mariota really can't pass enough for shit. So like, I don't know what we're gonna learn about any of these characters. Either. Like, I don't, I don't know how they're, as you're saying, like the idea of like the rebuild. I don't know how. I think it said about one team a couple of weeks back. Don't know how they're assessing this rebuild because I don't know how you evaluate a lot of these players given how poor all of the surrounding talent is as well. Like, it's just yeah it's just a mess get your shit together falcons and i suppose that'll wrap up the fabulous and definitely not hellish sounding nfc south ah both the sites are not particularly great this year yeah any plans for the weekend yourselves lads probably not
0: with isolation i will probably be tending to her needs i would think until the seven days is up
1: what about yourself running any plans
2: yeah nothing too exciting we're kind of in a dead zone for uh most sport, like a bit of f1 and uh, the rugby's kind of just finished up there, uh, but uh, overall, yeah, maybe get outside a bit, just kind of just uh, relax, and maybe catch up on a few books or something like that, but yeah, nothing too exciting at the moment at work or, or in general,
1: yeah. Very good. Yeah, I'm off, I'm off for Hollyers for a week, but yeah, I'm uh, heading off camping, so uh, kind of packing up the bits at the moment now for it, and the tent's up at the back, so the doggy can kind of get used to it and not freak out about when we try and put him to go sleeping in it and calm, because otherwise... Yeah, it'd be really annoying to be out in the far back arse of nowhere and find the dog won't sleep in the in the calm. Yeah, I've got tickets to the Pixies and to the Flaming Lips, so that should be good fun as well. We've just arranged tickets for the for the college football at the end of August, haven't we, guys? So yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk about that in the next one. But yeah, for now, it's bye from myself, bye from Roman, bye from Sean. Let's put all for a We'll chat to you next